personalities of Godhead, you have always protected religion. You are the supreme objective of religious principles, and in our opinion, you are inexhaustible and unchangeable eternally. Please repeat, you are the source of the eternal occupation. You are the source of the eternal occupation of all living entities. Of all living entities. And by your multi-manifestations. And by your multi-manifestations. Of personalities of Godhead, of personalities of God, you have always protected religion. You have always protected religion. You are the supreme objective. You are the supreme objective of religious principles. Of religious principles. And in our opinion, and in our opinion, you are inexhaustible. You are inexhaustible and unchangeable eternally. And unchangeable Now remember, these were big-time jnanis, Ramavadis, and they've been totally uh, enlivened and enlightened just by coming in touch with Krishna's personal features. So now they're talking. Well, actually, they're talking still very analytically, just like jnanis, but they're total personalists by now. Srila Prabhupada's purport. The statement in this verse, dharma-sipara-mo-gukhyaha, refers to the most confidential part of all religious principles. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita. The conclusion of Lord Krishna in his advice to Arjuna is, quote, give up all other religious engagement and just surrender unto me, unquote. This is the most confidential knowledge in executing religious principles. In the Bhagavatam also it is stated that if one does not become Krishna conscious, after very rigidly executing one's specified religious duties, all his labor in following so-called religious principles is simply a waste of time. Here also the sages confirm the statement that the Supreme Lord, not the demigods, is the ultimate goal of all religious principles. There are many foolish propagandists who say that worship of the demigods is also a way to reach the supreme goal. But in the authorized statements, 
of the Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. This is not accepted. Bhagavad Gita says that one who worships a particular demigod can reach the demigod's planet, but one who worships the Supreme Personality of Godhead can enter into Vaikuntha. Some propagandists say that regardless of what one does, he will ultimately reach the supreme abode of the Personality of Godhead. But this is not valid. The Lord is eternal. The Lord's servitor is eternal. And the Lord's abode is eternal. They are all described here as sanatana, sanatana, or eternal. The result of devotional service, therefore, is not temporary, as is the achievement of heavenly planets by worshipping the demigods. The sages want to stress that although the Lord, out of his causeless mercy, says that he worships the Brahmanas and Vaishnavas, actually the Lord is worshipable, not only by the Brahmanas and Vaishnavas, but also by the demigods. Om Agyana Tirandasya Agyana Jana Shalakaya Chakshurvahitam Jena Tasmai Shri I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master is opening my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. So the Lord has praised the Kumaras. The Kumaras are wondering what's up because they know that they cursed the Lord's dear servitors, and they know the Lord is actually uh, indirectly reminding them that. You know, they're my dear servants. I hope they can come back soon. So they are praising the Lord. Praise the Lord. They're praising the Lord in a very, as I mentioned, analytical way. What I what really caught me was the way Prabhupada focused on Sanatana, although the word is not in the verse. Oh, it is the second word. It is it's in the verse. Um, but Prabhupada chose to focus on eternality, the eternal religious principle. And that brought me right back to the seat of this class, by the way, was a line from Daito Gadish who said, when I was in Paris in 1971, uh, I was um, being preached to by Ari Vilas, and he answered all my questions, and this was like revolutionary because nobody ever answered all my questions because there's so many gaps, right, in our education, material and spiritual, and uh, it just never stopped. There's just so many questions, so many answers. That's what the Bhagavatam was all about, and the Bhagavatam even asked questions that we couldn't even think of. So it just this whole point of Krishna consciousness being Sanatana brought me right back to the introduction to the Bhagavad Gita for Prabhupada, especially on page 18 in this edition. Yeah. Um, he just focuses on how Krishna consciousness is Sanatana. Everything is uh, eternal. I'm just going to read a couple of paragraphs. Sanatana Dharma does not refer to any sectarian process of religion. So it's such a brush of fresh, fresh air when we hear that, right? Because we're surrounded in Kali Yuga. Uh, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur put it, the biggest enemies in Kali Yuga are sectarianism and party feeling. 
Everybody's, it's all about us and them, friends and enemies, even in religion. It is the eternal function of the eternal living entities in relationship with the eternal Supreme Lord. Same kind of mood as you see in this purport, the eternality, the timelessness of Krishna consciousness. Sanatana Dharma refers, as stated previously, to the eternal occupation of the living entity, service, perfected in devotional service to Krishna. Sripad Ramanujacharya has explained the word Sanatana as, quote, that which has neither beginning nor end. Yeah. So that's inconceivable. The mind thinks in terms of beginnings and ends, you know, dualities. Heat and cold, up and down, beginning and end, good and bad. It doesn't compute beginninglessness and endlessness. So when we speak of Sanatana Dharma, we must take it for granted on the authority of Sri Padvamanujacharya that it has neither beginning nor end. And then Prabhupada, if you remember this paragraph, it's such a breath of fresh air, focuses on the difference between religion, as we know it, faith, sectarian faith, and Sanatana Dharma, which is all about the eternal occupation of the living being, beginningly, beginninglessly and endlessly. The English word religion is a little different from Sanatana Dharma. Religion conveys the idea of faith, and faith may change. That's 17.4, right? Yeah. Divisions of faith. Another matchless gift, right? We read why there's different religions in terms of faiths. Uh, oops, I goofed, huh? Oh, I'm in the wrong chapter. Where's I goofed? Here we go. Men in the mode of goodness worship the demigods, those in the mode of passion worship the demons, and those in the mode of ignorance worship ghosts and spirits. And then in the purple. Oh. Yeah, I guess that's. No, it was 17.3. Yeah. Because Krishna says in the verse. O son of Bharat, according to one's existence under the various modes of nature, one evolves a particular kind of faith. Right? Just circumstantially, how we've been typecast by the modes. We're born, we're, we're given a, a body, with a family, religion, ethnic, ethnicity, you know, all these upadis. One evolves a particular kind. It's all circumstantial. It's got nothing to do with the sanatana, beginningless, beginningless, endless living entity. The living being is said to be of a particular faith according to the modes he has acquired. And so this is such another breath of fresh air. The word shraddha or faith is very significant in this verse. Shraddha or faith originally comes out of the mode of goodness. One's faith may be in a demigod or some created god or some mental concoction. One's strong faith is supposed to be productive of works of material goodness. But in material conditioned life, no works are completely purified. They are mixed. They are not in pure goodness. So it's not really sanatana. It's not shuddha, sattva. It's, it's uh, all vulnerable to the kaleidoscopic changing of the modes, right? As time operates. They are mixed. They are not in pure goodness. Pure goodness is transcendental. In purified goodness, one can understand the real nature 
of the Supreme Personality of God. As long as one's faith is not completely impurified, goodness, the faith is subject to contamination by any, any of the modes of material nature. And I always love this line. The contaminated modes of material nature expand to the heart. Therefore, according to the position of the heart in contact with a particular mode of material nature, one's faith is established. So all these non-sanatan faiths, they're all products of the modes. It should be understood that if one's heart is in the mode of goodness, his faith is also in the mode of goodness. If his heart is in the mode of passion, his faith is also in the mode of passion. And if his heart is in the mode of darkness, illusion, his faith is also thus contaminated. Thus, we find different types of faith in this world, and there are different types of religions, see religion, not sanatana, due to different types of faith, which are all based on the modes. The real principle of religious faith is situated in the mode of pure goodness, because, but because the heart is tainted, we find different types of religious principles. Thus, according to different types of faith, there are different kinds of worship. So, and they're all at each other's throats, right? That's the history of Kali Yuga. It's all about wars. Um, let me just finish this paragraph here. Um, okay. One may have faith in a particular process, and he may change this faith and adopt another. But Sanatan Dharma refers to that activity which cannot be changed. And then the famous example, for instance, liquidity cannot be taken from water, nor can heat be taken from fire. Similarly, the eternal function of the eternal living entity cannot be taken from the living entity. Sanatan Dharma is eternally integral with the living entity. So it's there. Our Sanatan nature is there. What's the chant? Okay. Um, uh, Krishna consciousness is eternally established in the heart of the living entity. When the heart is purified by hearing and chanting, pure love for Krishna naturally awakens. It's there. But it's just covered, even by what we call the religion. Okay, um, here we go. Sanatan Dharma is eternally integral with the living entity. When we speak of Sanatan Dharma, therefore we must take it for granted on the authority of Sripad Ramanujachanja that it has neither beginning nor end. That which has neither end nor beginning must not be sectarian, not bound right, by anything in this material world, any time-bound consideration. But if we go deeply into the matter and consider it in the light of modern science, Prabhupada's always pushing Krishna consciousness as a spiritual science, not as some sectarian, uh, time-bound religion. It is possible for us to see that Sanatana Dharma is the business of all the people of the world, nay, of all the living entities of the universe. And I'll just read a couple of sentences. Non-sanatan religious faith. See how scientifically Prabhupada puts it. Non-sanatan religious faith may have some beginning in the annals of human history, but there is no beginning in the, to the history of sanatan dharma because it remains eternally 
with the living entities. And then Prabhupada goes on. And then I like to bring in, yeah. When Lord Chaitanya talked to the Kazi, remember? Because the Kazi is, is Muslim, Muslim magistrate. And then uh, Lord Chaitanya, when he had the original civil disobedience movement, 100,000 <laughs> chanters, and the Kazi was hiding. <laughs> he was afraid. And, uh, and remind me uh, how Lord Chaitanya was related, quote unquote, to the Kazi. Who was that? I forget. I don't know if it was actually a blood relation, but it was. Uh, no, it was contemporary Maharaj. Contemporaries, yeah. And somehow. So it was like, like an uncle. Like an uncle. Like they say cousin brother. It's a village relationship. Yeah. Close to the thing they like family. Yeah. Yeah, so it was embarrassing for the, for the Kazi to, uh, he was being invaded, you know, by someone who was kind of like family, you know, Lord Chaitanya and his 100,000 followers. Um, so in C.C. Adi, 17, the pastimes of Lord Chaitanya in his youth, uh, we have the, the showdown, you know, the reckoning between Lord Chaitanya and the Kazi. And there's three verses that are really Fascinating the way Prabhupada gets into it in terms of sanatana and non sanatana faith. When you when you read these purports, it's like wow, yeah, this is it. This is this is the eternal truth. Hmm. So Lord Chaitanya's <laughs> he's just letting the kazi have it. Nagjani Shastra Marama Aitche There are many mistakes and illusions in your scriptures. The Quran. Their compilers, not knowing the essence of knowledge, gave orders that were against reason and argument. Because he just finished telling the Kazi, what is this? And it condones calculating? Right? I should have read that first. Yeah. Goange Yataloma Takasahaslavatsar Govadi Rauraman He Pachinirantara. Calculars are condemned to rot in hellish life for as many thousands of years as there are hairs on the body of the cow. Lord Chaitanya. He's quoting Shasta. And then in your scriptures, it's full of mistakes and illusions. There's no purple, but listen to this one. After hearing these statements by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Kazi, his arguments stunned, could not put forward any more words. Because they had a whole debate, you know, Shasta Veda and Quran. Could not put forward any more words. Thus, after due consideration, the Kazi accepted defeat and spoke as follows. So he was honest. And today they worship the Kazi. The yes. previous verse, this previous one, we just read. Yeah. The word, the Yes, there. Can you give the definition? Sure, let's see. Uh, where is it? Oh, it was in 166, yeah, the cow. 
is the last word. Always. He's a servant of always, servant of the eternal. <laughs> Maybe it's, you know, Sanskrit in different contexts has different, like English too. So let's see. Uh, so Prabhupada writes in the purport of uh, how the Kazi accepted defeat. In our practical preaching work, we meet many Christians who talk about statements of the Bible. When we question whether God is limited or unlimited, Christian priests say that God is unlimited. But when we question why the unlimited God should have only one son and not unlimited sons, we are unable to answer. Similarly, from a scientific point of view, the answers of the Old Testament, New Testament, and Quran to many questions have changed, as we know. I was just reading, uh, yeah, Sadhirajas, you mean that's in the Bible? That this Justinian emperor, you know, after in 525 was the last council, and over 200 years, starting in three something, they just expunged all references to transmigration. Yeah, which is a big, without understanding karma and transmigration, God does not make any sense. So, Prabhupada continues, but a Shastra, as opposed to Blecha Shastra, a Shastra cannot change at a person's whim. You can't have counsels and change Shastra. All Shastras must be free from the four defects of human nature. The statements of Shastras must be correct for all time. And now here we have the Kazi's uh, not only accepting defeat, but he's just, he's relishing Nimai Pandit's transcendental intelligence. <laughs> to me, means you. To me, to me, a Kavile Pandit, say Satyavai. Adamika Amara Shastra Vichara Sahanya Nai. Quote, My dear Nimai Pandit, what you have said is all true. Our scriptures have developed only recently, and they are certainly not logical <laughs> and philosophical. Prabhupada always told us, always reminded us that religion without philosophy is sentiment, and it's sometimes fanaticism. Because if our faith is not rooted in, in transcendental reason and logic, it, it's just going to be, our faith is going to change. Uh, as, as time changes, as our life changes, as circumstances changes, if we're not grounded in sanatan, in tattva, uh, in siddhanta, it, it's going to just change. You know? So, Prabhupada writes, now this, in this purport, Prabhupada really slams the whole thing of sanatana, of non-sanatana shastra. Purport, the shastras of the Yavanas, hello, <laughs> meat eaters, are, or meat eaters, are not eternal scriptures. They have been fashioned recently. And sometimes they contradict one another. That's why they're always at each other's throats. Even Jesus said in Matthew, more I have to tell thee, but your ears could not bear it now. Right? The scriptures of the Yavanas are three, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the Quran. 
Their compilation has a history, an infant time. They are not eternal like the Vedic knowledge. Therefore, although they have their arguments and reasonings, they are not very sound and transcendental. As such, modern people advanced in science and philosophy deem these scriptures unacceptable. So that's why religion is really having a hard time in Kama Yuga, because it can't stand up to advances in, in science and philosophy materially. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't work. Sometimes Christian priests come to us inquiring, why are your followers neglecting our scriptures and accepting yours? But when we ask them, your Bible says, do not kill. Why then are you killing so many animals daily? They cannot answer. Some of them imperfectly answer that the animals have no souls. Right? A very convenient philosophy. <laughs> Therefore, you can just eat this biochemical phenomenon and no souls. Uh, but then we, uh, let's see. But then we ask them, how do you know that animals have no souls? Animals and children are of the same nature. <laughs> Running around, right? Does this mean that the children of human society also have no souls? See, Prabhupada's talking, because science means observation and experiment. So you observe a, a, a human being with undeveloped intelligence, it appears to be just like an animal. Even, I think I mentioned this before, but at Kitanagar years ago when we came out with the Iskand Farm newsletter periodically, uh, Paramananda, he ran a series called How to Train Oxen. And then we got a letter from Sri Ram, the late Sri Ram at Lake Huntington Gurukula, saying, we're using your ox training to train kids because it's exactly, it works. <laughs> it's exactly uh, how to relate to kids, you know as animals, but you'd be kind to your animals. <laughs> it was far out the way to them. Um, let's see. How do you know that animals have Animals and children are of the same nature. Does this mean that the children of human society also have no souls? According to the Vedic scriptures, within, and that's just like, this is very similar to what the, the, the abortion debate. Right? They don't know when, they don't know that life is eternal. So they argue about you know, when abortion's okay, is it in the first trimester, or the quarter, or the second, or whatever. And then uh, at some point, it's, it's a person. Yeah. No, it's not a person until the umbilical cord's cut. It's all just twisted around people's desires. That's all. There's no really understanding of life. Life is eternal. It's not chemically arisen. Okay, uh, according to the Vedic scriptures, within the body is the owner of the body, the soul. In the Bhagavad Gita 2.13, and it said, Dehi no sminyata dehi kumaram yodham jara tata dehantara praktir dhirastatranamukhiti Quote, as the embodied soul continually passes, continuously passes in this body from boyhood to youth to old age, the soul similarly passes into another body of death. The self-realized soul is not bewildered by such a change. Very logical. Unquote. Now Prabhupada continues. One more paragraph. Because the soul is within the body, the body changes through so many forms. When I give a class outside, I say, this is intra-life, intra-life reincarnation. 
You don't believe women, you don't believe in reincarnation. We've already reincarnated so many times. There is a soul within the body of every living creature, whether animal, tree, bird, or human being, and the soul is transmigrating, traveling. This is evolution. From one type of body to another, evolution of consciousness. Darwin inverted it. He was saying matter evolves, you know, light comes out of matter, and then matter as matter evolves. Uh, bodies evolve out of bodies. No. As consciousness evolves, it evolves through different bodies awarded by material nature. From the scriptures of the Yavadas, what does the Yavadas mean? Mediator. Namely, the Old Testament, New Testament, Quran cannot properly answer inquisitive followers. Naturally, those advanced in scientific knowledge and philosophy lose faith in such scriptures. The Kazi admitted this while talking with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The Kazi was a very intelligent person. He had full knowledge of his position, as stated in the following verse. I'll just read one more. This is good, because he ends up, he rejects his own scriptures now, totally. Kalpita Amara Shastra Ami Sabajani Jati Shastra Mani Quote, I know that our scriptures are full of imagination and mistaken ideas, yet because I am a Muslim, I accept them for the sake of my community, despite their insufficient support. That's the world. Okay, so it's such a breath of, breath of fresh air over here. Prabhupada, you know, revealing what we not what we know, you know, it just makes like you said, it made so much sense, right? Finally. Makes sense out of everything from God to ghosts. <laughs> right? All right. So I'm just going to end. How are we doing? Oh, we're okay. All right. So I'm going to go back to the Fort Kumaras because they're um, really just glorifying Krishna from so many angles and aspects. I'll read, it's, I'll read the verse again. And then that, in this verse, that they're saying from their, uh, it's not Gani anymore, it's Bhakta. Uh, what's the name of that? Uh, oh. Is it Gyan Mishra? Bhakti or no? No, not now. Okay. They're totally, I mean, they were, it was like, you know, they were stunned, they were being converted. Uh, Bhakti Vigyan Maharaj. Gyan, Vigyan. You know, they were, they were Gyanis. And they were self-satisfied, they were Brahma bodies. But then they had direct experience of the Lord. And so they they got Vigya, they heard of the Lord Narayan, they wanted to go see him. So um, yeah, so here the verse again was you are the source of the eternal occupation of all living entities, and by your multi-manifestations of personalities of God. See, they got it, personalities of God. You have always protected religion. You are the supreme objective of religious principles, and in our opinion, you are inexhaustible and unchangeable eternally. So who knows, in the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, or the Srimad Bhagavatam, Divinity and Divine Service, Sudha Goswami, it's so full of famous verses, and it ends up, second to last verse, or it's two verses actually, 28 and 29. Uh, Sudha Goswami is just so ecstatic, he's just repeating the, the name Vasudev. 
you know, this famous, you know this? Okay, so I'm going to sing it, and if you know it, sing along. And it's all about how everything ends up in, in God, you know. Vasudeva Paramida Vasudeva Paramaka Vasudeva Parayoga Sing all these things. Vasudeva Parakriya Vasudeva Paramgyana Vasudeva Paramtapaha Vasudeva Parodharmo Vasudeva Paramati So it's just, just like the Kumaras, they just exalting in uh, how Chris is the Supreme. So, or Narayan is the Supreme. So in this verse, Sutta is saying, in the revealed scriptures, the ultimate object of knowledge is Sri Krishna. So that's Supreme in knowledge. The personality of God. The purpose of performing sacrifice is to please Him. So everybody's doing sacrifice as we speak. They're rushing to work. Right? But it's, it's just, you know, uh, they don't know where to ultimately sacrifice. Who to sacrifice for? Yoga is for realizing Him. So we have yoga, but we have bhakti yoga. So how did it go last night? Was it good? Yeah. Yeah. So the yogi is becoming a bhakti yogi. I'm kundalini the bhakti. Yoga is for realizing Him. All fruitive activities are ultimately rewarded by Him only. He is supreme knowledge, and all severe austerities are performed to know him. Religion, here it is, is rendering loving service unto him. That's real religion. He is the supreme goal of life. So, and so Prabhupada, in his purport, it's a really long purport because he actually addresses each one. Let me just go to the one that relates most to the beginning. Um, okay. Oh, okay. This is also for the culture of knowledge. The, the end of knowledge is Krishna. Vedanta, right? Bhakti Vedanta. According to Bhagavad Gita, there are 18 items in culturing knowledge. By such culture of knowledge, one becomes gradually prideless, devoid of vanity. This is real knowledge. Not that you learn, learn so many things and then you become puffed up like Dr. Frog. Uh, devoid of vanity, nonviolent, forbearing, simple, devoted to the great spiritual master and self-control. <coughs> By culture of knowledge, one becomes unattached. That's real knowledge. To hearth and home and becomes conscious of the miseries due to death, birth, old age, and disease. That's an item of knowledge. Not that you think everything is hunky-dory in the material world. That's not knowledge. And all culture of knowledge culminates in devotional service to the personality of Godhead, Vasudev, because you know, everybody's serving, so let's serve the Supreme. Therefore, Vasudev is the ultimate aim in culturing all different branches of knowledge. Culture of knowledge lead one to the transcendental plane of meeting Vasudeva as real knowledge. Physical knowledge in its various branches is condemned in the Bhagavad Gita as Agyan, unless you connect it, right, to Krishna. Or the opposite of real knowledge. The ultimate aim of physical knowledge is to satisfy the senses. That's good if you, again, connect it, as it says in Isopanishad, 
vidyam, cha vidyam, cha. You have to cultivate knowledge and meshes. In other words, temporary knowledge and eternal knowledge side by side. Which means prolongation of the term of material existence and thereby continuance of the threefold miseries. So prolonging the miserable life of material existence is nescience, knee science, no knowledge. But the same physical knowledge leading to the way of spiritual understanding helps one to end the miserable life of physical existence and to begin the life of spiritual existence on the plane of Vasudev. So every paragraph in that purport, Vasudeva Parada, the prophet addresses an aspect of how Krishna is the end of everything. So I'm going to read the verse again if you have any questions or reflections. Yes. Vaisheshi Prabhu says, please raise your hand. Uh, the Kumaras say, You are the source of the eternal occupation of all living entities, and by your multi manifestations of personalities of Godhead, you have always protected religion. You are the supreme objective of religious principles. And in our opinion, you are inexhaustible and unchangeable eternally. That's the Bhavanam Gyani Vasudeva Saravati. Now they've come to the right conclusion. Any questions or reflections? Yes, Prabhu. You referred to the uh, act of civil disobedience as instigated advice you take from the Mahaprabhu and you. We call it like the original act of civil disobedience. And I guess civil disobedience might be defined as breaking customs or laws or morals even for a higher purpose at one's personal risk. I mean, that's some kind of definition. But I I heard the, the following incident also referred to as an act of civil disobedience when the gopis heard the sound of Krishna's flute and they broke moral laws, if you will, customs at great personal risk. They could have been shunned from their families because for this higher purpose, which yeah. is praying with bhakti. Mm. So what about that? Oh, you just said it was a comment. Okay, yes, that's the supreme example. Mahaprabhu says there's no, no worship, no bhakti like the bhakti of the gopis. They're the supreme and as Prabhupada said, who was Radharani? She's the best devotee. They asked, who's that girl with Radharani, Swamiji? Oh, that's, that's, she's the best devotee. Very simple, sweet <laughs> definition of identification of Radharani. So, yeah, it's a uh, breath of fresh air. It's transcendental. Shastra. Mm -hmm. Any other? Yes, Prabhu. Um, that verse you were going from Trisha Parashad, I always thought it meant um, when you can see the nations and transcend them side by side. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Kind of yeah, we have to go to the. It kind of sounded like, like you were saying cultivating nations, but it's more like we understood it as that you can see nations. See, see it for what it is. Transcend them side by side. Yeah, that's, that's certainly true. But also, if you look at if you re examine the book, it's all about, it's not, see, that's what the Ghanis do. That's what the, that's what the Brahma bodies do. They say, neti neti. Well, we know the truth is in this, because everything here is limited. Form is limited, relationships are limited, personalities are limited. So it, it can't be that. 
But, no, the person must use everything because we don't say it's false. This prophet would say, if I walk in your house and I say everything here is false, your nice paintings on the wall, your nice bookshelf, everything is false. Yeah. So similarly, here we are, we walked into Krishna's place, material world is also Krishna's place, and we say it's all false. We dismiss everything very proudly as false. Is that very nice? No, it's coming from Krishna. I remember when I joined in Boston, uh, <laughs> yeah, look, there was a beautiful sunset in our Harinath. So I said to Vedayananda Chas Brahmachari, is it okay to appreciate a sunset, Maharaj? You know? Oh yeah, it's Krishna's painting. Don't see it as Maya. See it as Krishna as as Krishna's as, as Yoga Maya. See it as see it as Krishna's, and then it's no longer material. It's no longer mundane. You can see the connection with Krishna. So um, yeah, uh, so we can use material knowledge. We can use probably you know like somebody gave Prabhupada a watch once. A Sika, a Sika watch. And if you could tell the time on the Sika watch anywhere in the world, you'd have a press of a button. You know? And Prabhupada was appreciating. He said, just see, they think of everything except Krishna. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what we have to do. Otherwise, we just uh, become, uh, what is it? Shushka, shushka vairagis, dry renunciates. Just dismissing everything as false and useless. And, and we use everything. But we have to go back into the, those purports. There's a few, there's a few in there that connect everything to Krishna. Uh, yeah. Neshans, knowledge and neshans side by side. I think that's the phrase probably used in the purport. Yeah. And in the Gita also, what's the verse where it's uh, eternal and temporary? You know, in the second chapter. Nasato vidyate bhavo nabhavo vidyate sakaha ubhayo rapi drishtam tvastvanayo sattvadarshibi Those who are seers of the truth, I'm going to give you a Millen 72 translation right now. Have concluded that in the non-existent there is no endurance, and in the existent there is no cessation. This seers have concluded by studying the nature of both, and now the purport. Let's see how Prabhupada connects. Oh, he just uh, I see. Yeah, oh, let's look at the purport. So our bodies are temporary, but we know. We know. Mortify them or dismiss them, or, as Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati said. One who knows you is not this body, takes care of this body, right? Because it's it belongs to Krishna. There is no endurance of the changing body, right? Thus thou beest. That the body is changing every moment by the actions and reactions of the different cells is admitted by modern medical science. And thus growth and old age are taking place in the body. But the spirit soul exists permanently, remaining the same despite all changes of the body. So why do we love the body? Because we're in the body. And why do we love uh, the self? Because the self is part of the supreme self. Ultimately, we're loving Krishna, but indirectly. 
Yeah. So it just has to be, all these layers of illusion have to be peeled back to reveal Krishna. Jai. <laughs> okay, any other questions? Reflections? Leela? No? No? Mm. I appreciate your words. Okay. Jai, Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai. All right. Thank you for listening and filming. We have two festivals coming up in May with slides, so we're going to have to put the camera on it. On Definitely the, on, the, yeah. on the screen. I wish we can get the Vimo or the Nevio, the Nevo working again. Oh, what's the matter? Really it's not working? It's just the Wi Fi for this lousy. Oh, our Wi Fi. We're going to fix that. No. No? Yeah, I had to come here to the restaurant a couple times yesterday just to reset the whole because it wasn't even working for the, the square account. Uh -huh. so I was here for like a good 20 minutes, 30 minutes last night trying to fix it. So I had to reset the whole entire thing mm. just to get it going. But, yeah. Are you looking at Look at the hearse. So, so this is like, you know what it sounded like? I knew what you meant, but what it kind of it sounded like. Because it says in uh, six, this verse, no engage in the culture of nation. It comes in the darkest region right, of right, England. Right. So it's not like saying, the next it's not like it's saying to, cult, to cultivate nation activities. It's, yeah, but that's it's, it's the, it's the wise have explained that one result of the culture of and so then finally it says those who learn the process of patience that transmitted by side. So not it's not that they're cold. So it just like I knew what I knew what you meant. But yeah, it's what, the it what it could have sounded like is like yeah. to cultivate cultivate. Get really in it. Really <laughs> Get really in it. Yeah. Okay. So I mean I knew, I knew that's not what you said. No, no, no. Yeah, like just it just it was, in a different way. Yeah, I could learn the process. Because because it, it could sound like yeah, well, so at the same time you're hoping to get you should go out and, like, go out and, just, and just experience the nation. Get really covered over. Actually, that would make sense. Like, you, could, you can go out and uh, get low. Yeah, that would be. Just, yeah. Do you want me to shut this off for you? That, that's not mine. No, and then you go back and you oh, it's it's already start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I was. That's I knew you.